You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow this podcast on Twitter. That's at Locked On Cubs. Give me a follow as well there. That's at Joe Kilgallen. All right, the Cubs end their 13-game home losing streak against the Colorado Rockies on Monday evening by a score of 6-4. to It's a very exciting game, actually, at the end there. If you Cubs fans happen to catch it, you could catch it all on Marquee Sports Network, as we know. That's how the song goes. They scored five runs in the final two innings, scoring three in the eighth, two in the ninth to win 6-4, winning in dramatic walk-off fashion by one Rafael Hot Sauce Ortega, which I hope he likes that nickname. That's a nickname I've seen floating around, but I've seen nobody within the Cubs organization calling him Hot Sauce. I think it's a pretty sweet nickname, but he might be like, you know what? I like it mild. And I don't, also, there's some implications there. You know, like, look, it'd be like calling me, you know, Joe the Shamrock Kilgallen. You'd be like, eh, it seems like a little stereotypical. Just throwing that out there. If, if, if Ortega likes the name Hot Sauce, let's, let's slap it on an obvious shirt, right? Shout out to obvious shirts. Good old Joe at obvious shirts. Uh, yeah, the Cubs, uh, you know, it's you got to find the little moments to rejoice in. And seeing uh, the people go nuts in the bleachers, Ortega's been a fun guy, a nice story in the second half. It's it's good to see, right? It's good to see that. I'll keep you updated on our draft pick position because the dive for the bottom is still a very real thing and something that, as Cubs fans, we kind of have to look forward to if we're hoping this is a quick turnaround. Because as I've stated over and over again, got a farm system on the rise you got a good draft pick definitely gonna have a good draft pick regardless in 2022 and a lot of money to spend no reason for a big rebuild right let's 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 bring joy back to the land not just chicago the whole country when the cubs are doing well i feel like everyone feels a little bit better about their lives in general at least us cubs fans do right this episode is brought to you by rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and let them know that lock on sent you okay lockdown cubs fans again big shout out to all of you thanks for listening sorry this episode is coming to you late i'm giving you a double dose on a wednesday hump day so you're getting two episodes of lockdown cubs you're gonna have this one and i'm gonna release another one later which works out wonderful because we've got a double header the cubs game was rained out last evening it was a vicious thunderstorm rolling through the Chicagoland area. My friend always said Chicagoland area was redundant because it's like Chicago land and then area, but it'd be weird to be like the Chicago land. You just stop rolling. I guess you could say thunderstorm rolling through Chicago land, but then that implies just the city limits, right? Chicagoland areas implies the area around it. He's an idiot. I'm not friends with him anymore. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, uh, very, a lot of rain, a lot of rain. Lakeshore drive had like a whole thing where it's like, Oh, it looks like a river. It kind of looked fun but a little dangerous if you're stuck in it. But if you're walking by and you're like, dude, I'm going to go start. I'm going to slide down that. But then don't slide on cement. You, you'll you'll tear up a nip. Anyhow, everybody, I'm sorry. I'm a little silly. But, yeah, so we do have a doubleheader against the Rockies today. Zach Davies going game one. Justin Steele going game two. I like that they gave Justin Steele the nightcap. It's actually a strange start time. 5.30 p.m. is what the game starts at uh, the second half of the doubleheader. Very strange to me. I've never seen a 5.30 p.m. start time ever as a Cubs fan. I don't know. Any Cubs fans older than me, I feel like 5.30 is a weird time. 
and uh, a horrible time. Actually, think about it. If you're coming from work, you get off work at five, you got to hop on that red line or wherever. If you don't live off the red line, then you're getting late to that game or you got to leave early. I know in summer you make plans and all that, but I think it was supposed to be, or were they both supposed to be one twenty starts? Maybe that's what it was. And they just had no choice. Who knows? They used to have weird deals with the neighborhood. I'm going to get into a little Wrigley talk with you guys for a second here. Did it bother anybody else back before the renovations all started and there was nonstop city hall hearings, neighborhood meetings, and aldermen weighing in on all this and, and whatnot? Now, I will, I've given the Ricketts a hard time on a lot of things, as you guys know. Uh, in the interest of being fair, I will give them credit for spending their own money on these renovations. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of cities pay for these renovations. The owners plead to their case to City Hall, and they say, hey, we're going to create more jobs with it, all this kind of stuff. And yeah, there is some truth to that. Uh, having a big, nice stadium does benefit an entire city. But it is still a little crazy to have taxpayers flipping a bill for something that's mainly going to private profits. You know, it's I see that a lot. I think a lot of cities are getting wise to that, and I'm reading more and more that less and less cities are going to be donating big money to these uh, stadiums. It's basically like, okay, well, then we own 50% of the stadium then. And like, well, no, we can't have it. See, it's a whole thing where I think if the city pays for the stadium, the city owns the stadium then. Otherwise, it's a loan. And do they pay back the loan or is it just a tax write-off thing? Uh, you know, someone smarter than me is going to have to explain this because I've always felt like, you know, when I was younger, I was like, yeah, makes sense. Give them the money. And then they will hopefully buy a good team. <laughs> but then we all know it doesn't always go down that way. But I do. I did give the Ricketts family a lot of credit. Uh, well, if you remember at the time, though, they kind of got backed into it, too. I, I was giving them credit for they spent like, well, who knows the exact figures. It was supposed to be a $500 million project. And I was on their side because I'm like, they have to beg. They have to beg the neighborhood around them. Hey, can I please spend half a billion dollars, you know, increasing your property value, please? And I remember being like, man, if that were me, I would not be asking so nicely. I'd be like, are you guys out of your mind? That's why the whole moving to Rosemont threat when that first went down, I wasn't 100% against it. I know. I know. Look, Wrigley is a cathedral. It's one of my favorite places on the planet. I love Wrigley Field. But I wanted a Cubs World Series more than that. Like if someone said we could bulldoze Wrigley Field right now, but we'll guarantee a World Series the next year, I would have said, absolutely. Do it. I'll help you. I'll I'll. I'll I'll fill the gas tank. Like it was one of those things where I cared about the team winning more than anything else. I loved Wrigley. It was great, but I always thought to myself, you could just rebuild the ballpark just like Wrigley. I mean, a lot of all the new ballparks in the last 10 years or so have kind of copied Wrigley in a sense, making it smaller foul territories. You know, San Diego put that fake building in the corner. A lot have the brick background that the Cubs used to have. You know, they still do. They still have that brick facade. What am I saying? But all of that just made me think to myself, okay, like we could just recreate a Wrigley um, and build bars around it. That's what I ever get in the South Side. Why don't they, they've got all these miles of parking lot. Take one whole parking lot, eliminate it, and just build bars and restaurants all in like one little thing. Make it real tight right there. It'll be great for the economy on that neighborhood. You'll have less complaining about how you don't have enough people showing up to your games and all that kind of stuff. It'd just be better. Sorry, I don't know why I'm talking about the other side of town, but really right now, this conversation is about the city in general. 
But yeah, it always bothered me. Like back when they had to have all these meetings about what to do about Wrigley Field. In my head, I'm like, this ballpark has been there for a hundred years. The only people in the neighborhood who should voice their opinion are people who are over a hundred. If you're 101, Gladys, let us know what you think. But hey, Chad, who just moved here after you graduated from Purdue and you live three blocks from the ballpark, I don't care about your opinion. I can never understand those people. Now, I grew up in Chicago my whole life, but for three years. I lived in Los Angeles 2014 and 2017. And it still baffles me that people will move right next to Wrigley Field and then be like, oh, my God, the traffic on Cubs games is insane. What did you think? You just moved next to a 40,000-seat stadium. Did did you think it was going to be real breezy April through October? That I don't get. And then yet they do all this stuff. I bring this up because we have a 5.30 start time because the Cubs still are a little limited on night games. It's way more than they used to. There was a time in my life. See, I'm doing a little Cubs history for you, and then we'll break down what's happening right now with the team, and then I'll, I'll probably profile another free agent, if not this uh, pod, the very next one. Because I get two today, daily double. What is what is the thing that bothers me is that it used to be up until like 2000, early 2000s, they got like nine night games. It was like vast majority. Then they had to beg, and I remember when it was announced that they got 30 night games. It was like what? Then they kept begging. Then they get now it's increased, but it's still not to the level of other teams. Um, there's still like a ban on Friday night night games. They get like maybe one a year. And then, but the thing is, that the Cubs could have got a f- few more, but they decided they wanted some concerts. So because of the concerts, they are limited. So instead of having a seven o'clock game tonight, they're having a five thirty game probably because they had that concert recently. Who was it? Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer. All really good bands. I just had no desire to see that show. I don't know why. I'm getting old, I guess. And uh, probably it was a good time. If you were at that concert, I'm sure you had a wonderful evening. Let's get to some ads, shall we? <laughs> all right. Bet online. It is that time of year again. And all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or bust out that cell phone and sign up today and get this. You will receive a 100% welcome bonus. Yeah. Amazing. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo in which if you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opening between the Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Brady Bucks, and the Dallas Cowboys, most overrated team in the planet, on the planet. And well, they're actually in it too, if you think about it. And if you lose your wager, it will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right up to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, Cubs fans, let's talk about the game it was yesterday. It wasn't our Monday night, I should say. It feels like it was yesterday, though, right? Very exciting stuff. I want to break down the box score, if I may. Rafael Ortega is one for four with two RBI. He had two runs scored, one walk, one strikeout. On the season, he's hitting 306 with an 849 OPS. Now, I, and again, I, I my whole thing has been, if this continues, I like to bring him back for 2022 as your center field leadoff guy. I really have not seen too many games in which he's looked completely lost at the plate. And are we on a weaker part of the schedule? Sure. But he's also one of the only guys hitting when we're... A tougher part of the schedule, too, I guess. 
Uh, it's just, I, again, if you, if you have his, obviously if he tanks September, forget it. The reason I like Ortega is because he's cheap and we have to think about that. We have to think about where we're going to get serviceable major league talent on our budget. It's, it's weird that we're saying that, but we got to imagine the Cubs are still going to be under a budget for 2022. And I understand that to an extent, I still have stand by that they need to sign at least one top 10 free agent. They should really be getting two and put them at spots that don't, that doesn't block anybody. Center field could potentially block someone. That's why Ortega, if you bring him back, put him in center field, let him lead off. Brennan Davis is coming. Everybody I've talked about this. There should be signs all around Chicago. You know how they used to have advertise HBO's game of Thrones by saying winter is coming. It should just say Davis is coming all. I want billboards all over the place. In the whole Chicago land area. There you go, right? And, but he's not going to start the season with the Cubs. We know that's not happening. And it's even with the, if the CBA eliminates the service time manipulation thing, which, you know, just a reminder, the Major League Baseball Players Association, as well as the owners, will be meeting as soon as the I would, they should just start meeting now. I don't know why they got to wait for the season end. Start meeting now. They probably are. They're probably, you know, getting things, the groundwork done. Because there is still a scary possibility that there's like a lockout or a strike or something like that. So they're going to work on the details, make some concessions here and there. I'm pro player, so hopefully the players come out a little bit ahead or hopefully they get the vast majority of what they want. I know they're not going to get everything they want. That's just not the world we're living in. And people really shouldn't expect that either. But you work with what you got. And the owners, hopefully, are smart enough to understand that they're playing a dangerous game. I think the leverage really is with the players. I, I do because the owners, you look, you just lost all that money during a pandemic and you have all these TV deals that you just signed recently. I feel like they have more at stake. I know a lot of the players are like, this is their only gig. A lot of owners also own a ton of other stuff, but they could be killing the entire sport. It really is the timing of this. If the pandemic didn't happen, which man, that would have been great. Right. And baseball was running as normal the last year and, and, and changed the last two seasons. Really now I can say, cause we're in the late August now it would, it would be different going into the CBA. I feel like the owners would have just as much leverage as the players who knows, maybe a smidge more. Usually owners have a little bit more cause players want to play, right? Taylor Swift players want to play. And wh like, what, what else could you ask for at that point from ownership for, for the owners? I should say, what, what else, what concessions could they ask the players to make if there's not, if there's a lockout and, or, or strike, whatever you want to call it, there, there are differences obviously. And there's no baseball for the first couple months of 2022 or God forbid, you know, the majority of the season or whatever that could cripple the game of baseball going forward. You've got a, a whole, a, a big part of this generation. I'm not talking about like my, you know, four-year-olds and stuff like that. They're too little. They'll get into stuff as they grow up, but I'm talking about, you know, sixth to eighth grade, that chunk in which you go into high school and you start to pick a path a little bit of what you're into and you, you lean into what you're into. Obviously, your likes and dislikes change throughout your whole life, everyone. We know that. I mean, I love vegetables now. I thought those were lame as hell when I was growing up. So here we go. If they have the you know 2020 season, no fans at the ballpark, only 60 games, and there, there, there wasn't a whole ton of interest, and then you couple that 2022 with, with a lockout, in this day and age, when you have all the entertainment options in the world in your pocket, that's you're going to cripple your sport going forward. That's a huge, huge mistake. So let's let's pray that doesn't happen. But regardless, whether whether they decide to get rid of you know the manipulation of the CBA, where it's you know if 
if Brennan Davis were to start the season and the Cubs get six years of control, but if he's down there for like 12 days, they get a whole nother year of control. They're going to address that. It's kind of a dumb rule. I almost wonder if they should just have it where it's an automatic five seasons regardless, and you could start them immediately, but then do something like in the NBA where you get to, you know, the NBA, you could pay your own player more. It's an incentive to stay with your hometown team. So that like have like a max contract or something like that. They're going to get creative with it. Whatever it is, I hope it makes it so that tanking doesn't exist anymore. Because you look at all the bomb teams in Major League Baseball right now. You can't have whole you can't have whole seasons where teams don't try to win. If you make a, a salary floor, like which there's talks of going 100 million, but then bringing the luxury tax down to 180, that I don't like as much. Although man, that would really screw over the Dodgers now because they're at like 280, so they'd be 100 million over. Although the Dodgers don't care though. That's jealous of their ownership right now anyhow um but that's why i like ortega at center because then when brendan davis does come up maybe like late may early june davis goes in the center or if davis starts to look better in the corner outfield spots i'm not really sure right now he's playing center but they also think because he's kind of a bigger guy he'll eventually move to a corner but while he's young he's 21 put him in center field and if ortega starts off the year killing it in center you could easily kill it in left you can move him over to left field he'd be playing great there I just like Ortega's makeup right now. I like that uh, he's a guy that brings a lot of energy. And even if he falls off, which he very well may, I mean, this is a guy who's been in the minor leagues most his career. It's low risk. There's just not, you know, he could be, he could go right back to being an, a bench bat and be fine in that spot. So that's really something to look forward to there. All right, the rest of the box uh, score, you know, Schwindel, I, it just continues. One for three with a walk. Every time I look at the box score, he's on base at least two times. He didn't double or anything like that. But Ian Happ, though, how about Ian Happ, everybody? Three for three, double, walk. Perfect day at the plate in the sense that he did not make it out. Batting average creeping up to 195. Hot damn, everybody. <laughs> when, when Ian Happ goes over 200, we're having a party. We are having a party. I'm going to have balloons and stuff all over the studio here at Lockdown Cubs. We're going to go crazy with it. Michael Hermosillo. I think I pronounced it right that time. He went one for four, but had the big tying double in the eighth inning, which was very clutch in his regard. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Andrew Romine didn't do anything. Kyle Hendricks went one for two. Hendricks started out shaky, very shaky, but then gave seven solid innings, four earned runs. You'd like that to be a little lower. No walk, six strikeouts, nine hits. The hits is what really got him. And then uh, Dylan Hoyer and Manny Rodriguez, man rod, the two of them have been on fire. Manny Rodriguez's ZRA is at 2.70. He had a couple rough outings. One was in Colorado where he threw a 99-mile-an-hour fastball outside corner, and the guy just deposited it. That's just Sometimes that happens. You have to tip your hat there. But right now the Cubs are winning that White Sox trade because Hoyer's pitched better than Kimbrell. Hoyer is a Cub. ERA is like 1.29 where Kimbrell is a White Sox 5-point-something. Granted, they're using him as a setup man, which is strange, very strange. And then, of course, the big piece of that deal was Nick Madrigal, who was a top 30 prospect going into the season. And uh, he's a guy who's hit over 300 at the major league level. He is rehabbing from hamstring, but he's at the Arizona Cubs complex. You know, there's no need to bring him up. No word on whether or not they are shutting down Nico Horner, but I think they should. Just forget it. It's there's no, I get it. They wanted to look at him in shortstop. I'm actually kind of happy. Silver lining. If they don't get a good look at him at shortstop, it means they're more likely to look at the shortstop free agent market, a market that we know is highlighted by Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Trevor Story, Marcus Simeon, and Javier Baez. There's a lot of really good options there to look at. So it, it should be ex, ex, exciting stuff there, Cubs fans. 
Again, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, everybody. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So I endure an often pointless and seemingly intimidating trip to the auto parts store. Intimidating in the sense where it's like they expect you don't know every little thing about your car. Hey, what's the VIN number? I don't know. Who knows that, buddy? I got the license plate for you. It's right there. We've got computers, and you know you've got access to good old rockauto.com at home. So stay there right? Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Get that shag, right? Treat yourself. That's what I'm telling you to do. So here's what you want to do. You want to go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there, how did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. This episode is also brought to you by Green Room, everybody. Spotify Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. It's an amazing experience, right? Taking the fan experience to the next level. So here's what you want to do. You want to go download the green room app right now, currently available on all your iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, or join the NFL, MLB, or NHL group for the latest league updates, uh, breaking news, right? You could have debates, right? You could, you could tell, you could argue with each other, but in a fun way, right? Or do whatever you want. Let's have a good time with it. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Again, you want to download that Green Room app on all iOS devices. That's your iPhone, everybody. Yet again, Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Cubs fans, here's a free agent profile we should take a look at. I've mentioned him a few times. One, Marcus Simeon, a guy who bet on himself in the offseason. Well, he was also coming off a very poor 2020. Like a lot of people, like a lot of people, I brought it up uh, throughout the course of this, that 2020 was a bizarre year. It wasn't just our, you know, sometimes as Cubs fans, we're just focused on what we have in front of us. And we saw t- terrible seasons from Bias and Bryant and Rizzo was just in. Eh. A Rizzo update, everybody, and a Bryant update. Bryant is hitting a, bu- a little bit above what he was hitting with us, which is still well above league average. Javi has been struggling a bit with the Mets. Granted, he's only two games back from IL. And Rizzo's about a week back from being on the COVID list. He was out for 10 days with COVID. And he said it hit him pretty good. He goes, I felt pretty horrible for a few days there. So he's kind of getting his timing back. His his numbers have dipped. So if you're checking out Rizzo's stats and you're thinking, oh, oh I guess he's not so great. You know, the, the man had COVID and uh, it, it's going to mess with your timing a little bit. I'm sure he'll have a monster September for the Yankees. We will never not. You hear me? We will never not root for Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Javi Baez. Those are some some players are just Cubs for life, and what they provided us will always outweigh um, the fact that they're no longer wearing our uniform. Marcus Simeon, everyone, this year is batting two sixty eight, three thirty four on base percentage. But look at this slugging, slugging five twenty three. He's been playing mostly second base, a little third base, but he is a natural shortstop. He's with the Toronto Blue Jays, where he's still listed as a shortstop, even though I feel like he's not played much shortstop this year. How many home runs does Marcus Simeon have? Do you guys know? Do you guys know? Oh, I know. He's got 30. Marcus Simeon is a middle infielder with 30 home runs right now. 
You know how on a couple podcasts ago, I mentioned if the Cubs could find power in non-traditional power spots like shortstop, you can move a Nick Madrigal to left field or even DH if that's coming, which I feel like is pretty heavy odds that DH will be in the National League. For you traditionalists, make peace with it now. Then you could get away with having your Nick Madrigal only hit like three or four home runs, whatever he would probably hit over the course of a season. You know, both him and Nico Horner project to be single digits home runs, guys. Although a lot of people thought Nico would develop a little bit more power. You know, he's hitting the ball hard all over the place, though, which it's, I'm fine with that. You you need guys like that who spray the ball over the place. And Horner and Magical seem to be those guys. As far as strikeout rate goes, 22%, which is 1% below league average. So he's better than league average when it comes to not striking out. So again, fits in the new profile of what the Cubs want to do. Um, hey, has he been getting lucky as far as his hits go, Joe? No, guys, he hasn't. His batting average on balls in play is below 300. Typically, 300 is like the baseline. Anything below that doesn't really mean you're getting all that lucky. He's not getting unlucky either. He's at 295, so he's about where you need to be. His war on the year is over five, which would make him by far the best player on the Cubs, even when if we would have kept the big three. Defense has been great. Offense has been great. Base running has been great. 30% above league average is a hitter. Just a lot, a lot, a lot to like about Marcus Simeon. My only disqualification for him, or only knock on him, I should say, is he is right-handed, and I think the Cubs right now need, need to diversify the lineup a little bit because I'm looking at the future, and who, the guys who are, who are playing really well right now, with the exception of Ortega, are right-handed guys. You know, Ian Happ's a switch hitter who probably should stick to hitting left-handed, and I don't know Happ's future overall. Let's say the Cubs sign Marcus Simeon because that's part of what these free agent profiles are meant to do. Slot these guys into our team and see what they should do. He will probably want at least a five-year deal. I bet being 30, maybe you get a four-year deal with an option. He took the one-year deal at $18 million with Toronto. I don't know how hard pressed they are to re-sign him because they've got a very good farm system still and some young players, and they figure they might just think, oh, man, he's been great for us, but we could reinvest in some pitching, and that might be a smarter move for them. We'll see what the Blue Jays decide to do. But as far as Marcus Simeon, his fit with the Cubs, he could bat two, three, four, five. You know, you don't want to want him lower than five. It'd be, I, I, you know, I'm really two, three, four, ideally. If he's at shortstop and you keep Nico Horner at second, where he's a gold glover, a much better defensive player than Nick Madrigal. You have Schwindel at first, because again, everyone, he's winning the spot. I, I get it. You're kind of like, do we really trust it going forward next year? Maybe not so much, but then you got Rivas at AAA Iowa. Who's is he now at AAA Iowa? I hope he is. Where he's been killing it. He's 24. But anyway, in first base, you can kind of move some stuff around. So you have Patrick Wisdom at third. I think he's earned his shot to come back and play third base for the Cubs. So everyone I just said around the diamond is a right-handed hitter. Wisdom, Simeon, Nico, Schwindel, Contreras, Panda Play. That's all righties. So say you start the year with Ortega in left or in center, Hap and left, and I guess Hayward, but I really, and then we got to go out and spend on a DH then. I know Nick Magic would be the DH. Yee, now we're still power bet short. I don't like, I think, Jason, we just have to get to the point where it's like, Jay, hey, you are on the bench. He is on the bench, and then you could have San Castellanos and Simeon, and then you have Hap, Ortega, and then, or no, you got Magical and left, Ortega, Hap, Castellanos is your DH. Okay, because I think Magical could, or no, really, Magical could DH because Castellanos knows how to play outfield pretty well. He's 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 all right. Hayward off the bench, and then when Davis comes up, you slide. 
gives you options at least. But I think every good offensive team needs at least three left-handed bats. And the way I look at it right now, the Cubs would have Ortega and Hap. I'm not counting Hayward as a good left-handed bat. So they need to figure something out in that regard. You can't just have two, especially since Hap, I feel like, should be a seven or eight hitter on a good team, six, seven, or eight, and then Ortega one. That's where I think I lean towards Seager. As good as Simeon has been this year, I think I go Seager because of the left-handed bat, strikes out less. Man, Simeon's put up some numbers, though, huh? Simeon should be ahead of story, actually. I should redo this and put story as the number four and Simeon as the number three. Another reason not to sign story is he is connected to a draft pick, so we would lose a draft pick if we sign him. So I'm Correa or Seager or bust, everybody. Okay, this has been the episode one of our doubleheader here for Lockdown Cubs. We'll talk about Justin Steele a little bit because he's going the nightcap, so we'll talk about him on the next episode, which you're going to hear back-to-back if you choose to listen to this much of my voice in one day. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and as always, go Cubs. Locked on bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.